Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. I am your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. It's summertime. Uh, the clouds are over. I don't know why I always start with the weather. It's a really English thing. But anyway, I do. <laughs> How's everyone? How's everyone doing? Uh, I hope you're all good. I hope you've enjoyed the recent run of ridiculous guests. Uh, Peter O'Toole, absolute killer hit uh, with his story about Dream Client Adidas, the journey to that, and uh, and all the little nuances along the way, and um, some really great stuff. If, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I've had a lot of good feedback on that. Uh, Adrian Shaughnessy needs no introduction, needs no explanation. Graphic design hero, legend, British icon in the creative industries and uh, you can go back and check both those episodes out and of course the last one which is all about the seaside and creative regeneration with Deco Public. So go and listen to that, really had fun doing that, running around Morecambe, playing journalists, talking to 23 time Isle of Man t- uh, time trial racing winner, champion, uh, 23 times, unbelievable. Uh, to speak to a world champion in anything is incredible but to spend some time talking to John McGuinness about his uh, artwork done as a full mural on Victoria Street in Morecambe was just amazing and, and really eye-opening stuff, so go back and check that out. Uh, absolute brilliant episode. Graduation special coming up today. We'll get onto that in a moment, but uh, I'm going to talk about my crucial sponsors supporting this show and the creative industries. Um, of course, founding sponsor, Illustration Limited. Uh, I get loads of students getting in touch, which is part of the reason this episode came about today, and they really made my life easy. And nine times out of ten, they'll find me through Illustration Limited's website, so uh, head over to it, illustrationweb.com, illustration animation, live illustration, live painting, set design, package design, they cover all bases. Really cool news section, TV animation section, um, really hard working agency, representing a lot of people, a lot of talented people worldwide, so go and check them out. Uh, they've been here since day dot, helped me get this show off the ground, so go and give them a bit of love. Heart Internet, you can find them at heartinternet.co.uk. Uh, I talked to Nick Leach last week, he came over to the studio, uh, the marketing director, and um, Nick's an absolute boss when it comes to... Uh, everything SEO, social media, websites, uh, being successful in all that, you know, that area, uh, real techie. So I got him over to talk for a future forthcoming episode on everything that we need to know about that. So the basics of SEO, what makes a good website, what makes a good social media profile, what people are doing wrong and what people are doing right. Um, really lovely fella, came over to the studio, we had a chat, we had a cup of tea, um, and I think you're going to love that episode, some really eye-opening stuff. Um, and as ever, I bring you a tip. A social media SEO tip, but instead of a direct straight up tip, I'm just going to talk about how awesome today's students are. Um, there's a whole bunch of guys you're going to hear from on this show who I've had a dialogue with over the years. Initially, because they got in touch through social media on some platform to either ask me a question for an essay, uh, some advice in creative industries, um, a you know query on a commission, needed some advice in pricing. But these guys are on it, like a multi channels on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Pinterest, you name it, they're full of energy, they're out there putting themselves forward. And I've made friends with a lot of them, which is really brilliant because, you know, some of them are now going on to do wonderful things. You've got great contacts, mutual contacts in uh, in industry, you can help each other out. Um, really, really, really savvy tech, savvy people. And 
it kind of needs to serve as a kick up the arse for us older lot who maybe uh, turn our noses up a little bit at the value of social media. It is kind of crucial now. It's not the bedrock that everything should be built on. That's the the people relationships, the you know your style, your output. But it can be greatly boosted by social media, and these guys are just an absolute fantastic example of what's great about that. Um, in particular, uh, I'm going to talk about Lauren Goodland because I think she's a bit of a hero. She's a, a lovely lass from Cardiff uh, who, well, studied in Cardiff, who got in touch a little while back and, and we became friends just through social media. And she uses it so effectively. Um, her profiles represent a, you know, that aspect of her personality that, that just shines through her personal work. And it just screams that. And she's developed a really good following and, and the way she interacts with people on there is so personal and you know, takes the time to reply to people and all that stuff. And I loved that about her from day one. So you could do worse than check her out at Dark Features, I believe it is, on Twitter. Uh, all on platforms, but look her up. Lauren Goodland, wonderful designer, lovely lass, and just uses social media so effectively. And, uh, you know, we built a whole friendship through that, which is really, really cool. Um, so thanks to Heart Internet. Check them out, heartinternet.co.uk. Um, and that brings me on to printed.com, uh, my latest uh, wonderful sponsor, who are really working hard to make this show... Uh, Go new places to develop the the listenership and and really champion what we're doing. Um, a number of today's students already use printed.com. They're already aware, but others have been kind of switched on because of me banging the drum about that. But I wanted to look in particular at one of Lauren's um, kind of projects. I believe in her final year at uni, she had to do like a mock interview. So Lauren was studying on the. Uh, um, design and visual communication illustration. I can't remember the name of the course. Um, she'll tell us a little later on. But one of her projects, she had to create a you know a personal branding for a mock interview, and she had admitted that she found it harder than branding for someone else because it's so personal and it's so you. But the results, when I saw them up on social media, I was like, that's absolutely fantastic. So this kind of bright yellow, inky, sort of naive-looking personal design that she put together and done business cards, uh, stickers, uh, CV, all this kind of printed goods and just talked to me uh, at length about how good that felt and how great to see things in print and feel like she had a professional brand. I think professionalism was the overriding thing. Uh, you know, you look the business, you look serious. Uh, and of course, printed.com bring us uh, bring us a nice little a nice little insight to that every every month. So thanks to those guys. Go and check them out, of course, printed.com, the URL. Absolutely brilliant. Over 90 products, various finishes, you name it, all singing, all dancing. Wonderful, wonderful company, really championing the arts. Go and check out their blog. They're always running features on their customers, on creative people doing interesting things. Just going the extra distance to show us a little love in this industry. Uh, and God knows we need it a little bit at the minute where, you know, with a lot of things that are going on and uh, all the uncertainty at the moment. So thanks to those guys. The show wouldn't be possible for free uh, every week. Tuesday at 11 o'clock, drop in every week uh, without them. So thanks ever so much. It really does mean a lot. So without further ado, um, let's move on to today's episode graduation special why did i want to do this well the reason being it's been 10 years since i graduated which is crazy that actually fries my nut a little bit but um it's just there's been so much change since then in the way we use technology in the way people are using social media to move forward um of course the tuition fees have come in since then not long after i graduated so that adds a whole different dynamic you know i talk to some tutors and find out that there's you know some people seeing it as business now you know as um 
basically, you know, undergraduates seeing themselves as customers, so they're expecting a lot more than what they, they you know, they need to be given from tutors. When a lot of it should be self-initiated and self-led, they're kind of uh, getting disgruntled because everything's not being put on a plate. That's another story, but I just wanted to look at all the changes in the dynamics and talk to a loads of people on the front line. So I went down to New Designers, uh, and I met up several other occasions and events around that to talk to people who were just doing their thing about to graduate i thought it was important to give that perspective so some people are going straight into jobs some people don't really know what they're going to do they don't know if they're going to freelance into a job some people have got full-on you know applications um tech uh, business ideas developed it's just incredible range of stuff i also wanted to talk to people who've been a year out of university so i'm going to chat to reese lowry uh, who graduated from cardiff and is now working as a graphic designer in london and i'm also going to talk to faith earl who graduated from an illustration degree in birmingham and um rather unexpectedly to herself is now working as um a textile designer in, uh, no, sorry, homeware designer, I believe it is, in Next. She tells all about that later on, but really unexpected journey and um, fascinating stuff. So I hope it gives you all an insight. And, you know, I want to talk about the hopes, the dreams, the fears, the nightmares, the, you know, the job line tax, the, everything that comes rushing at you when you, you sort of break away from seven years in education or however long you've been there. So hopefully this will be a lovely window into what's going on, the next generation of creative talent, what they can expect, um, you know, what's next. Uh, so get us your feedback. I want to hear from all the students, I want to hear from lecturers, I want to hear from people who are employing new graduates, you know. There are whole discussions going on about internships, about whether they should be paid or not, which absolutely they should, of course, but that's for another day. But there's so much going on, um, so I'm going to take you uh, take you right into that. Um, so, at Arrest Onomics on the Twitter, hit us up, uh, arrestonomics at gmail.com on the email, and uh, we're on Facebook too, facebook.com forward slash arrestonomics. Thank you as ever for checking in, hope you enjoy the graduation special. So I kick off with a little trip up to uh, the University of Westminster, um, and I'm going to talk to Caroline uh, and Naomi from the degree there, who were studying on uh, illustration and visual communi- communication course. These guys uh, came up to me after a talk one time and um, said they were reading my book, Champagne and Wax Crayons, which actually you guys should really check out. It's a kind of balls-out, honest, uh, first-person approach, first-person story of going through everything that comes with turning your hobby or your pleasure into a profession in the creative industries. Um, so cheap plug there, but go and check that out on Amazon and Tate Modern. But Naomi and Caroline approached me afterwards and said, hey, look, we're reading your book. We love this stuff. We found the talk really inspiring. What would be the chances of visiting your studio? So a few weeks later, down they came, checking out the studio, like totally keen, really fired up. And they both had awesome portfolios, and I thought, these guys are on it. I wish I was as driven when I was at university. So I head up to the University of Westminster to catch Naomi and Caroline right after graduation to check out the show and see how they're feeling about everything that's coming up. Right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to let you guys tell us where we are, because I'll get it wrong. I know we're at the University of Westminster. <laughs> yes. So. Um, you can... uh, yeah, we are at the University of Westminster in the third year studio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Illustration>, <laughs> visual Communication Studio. Yeah. Yeah. And introduce yourselves. So yeah, it's uh, like, well, hang on. I can't pronounce your surname, so I'm going to let you pronounce um, it. <laughs> it's Caroline Furehovda. That's uh, a good yeah. name. <laughs> cool. And you've just graduated, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next? That's the obvious question. I don't um, like that question. <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot. 
Um, well, I'm going to go on to do an art and design teaching course in Bergen in Norway. Because yeah. um, I've been studying here in England, I just want to go back and sort of get to know the creative industry in Norway and stuff. And I just feel like joining in like a course like that would make it easier for me yeah. to get to know people. Is that just, a, I guess, a starting point, just something to kind of introduce yourself yeah. to, to the circuit? Yeah. Yeah, because you can always meet those first few people, can't you? And yeah. you don't know where that's going to lead then to yeah. the, there's always um, someone that knows someone that knows someone. Yeah, and I need a student loan to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you guys studied in London. That's bold. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so what's, what's your plan now? Um, I'm not really sure yet. I'm just going to go with the flow of it. Yeah. And Are you staying in London? Um, I really want to, but I'm going to move home for a couple of months and then hopefully come back. But... I'm really not sure what I'm going to do. No one is, though. That's the thing. I think, like, everyone feels really bad leaving uni and suddenly, like, you've, you've had this thing put in front of you for years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, nothing. And it's, like, real world. And it's, it is a tough thing, I think, for everyone. There's, you get the rare exception. Some people on the graphic design degree, I was really envious because they went straight into, like, jobs on 25 yeah. grand a year. And I was, at the time, I was like, oh, right. suddenly realised there are no jobs in my world. And that was kind of a reality check. But everyone, everyone goes through it. And I think it's just about doing the next thing, getting stuck in, and then seeing where it leads, which is... Yeah. So have you, has it felt worthwhile? Because a lot of people now, I guess, with like the whole tuition fees thing, people, a lot of people question, like, oh, is it, do I really need to go to uni? Like, you guys definitely felt like it's been a necessary journey. Yeah, I've changed so much since, like, foundation. Like, not just with my work, but, like, in myself. I think I'm more confident, and, like, my interests have changed and I do more like travelling and exploring and stuff. Yeah. Mm. And that really influences my work afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I would say the same for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just sort of understanding how to go about things. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it does, doesn't it? I always say that to people. I, I get angry when people question and they say, oh, Mickey, whatever it is, like Mickey Mouse degree or whatever, I think it's bullshit because it's about so much more than that. It's about yeah. independence and becoming mm. a, an adult human and yeah. making that break, which we don't all have the benefit of leaving straight from our parents into like a full-time job and knowing what we want to do. So mm. you have to explore and meet people from all over the world. Yeah. I found it so exciting that I was meeting yeah. people from other countries. You know, yeah. I'm from a small town in West Yorkshire. I didn't meet that many people <laughs> from overseas. Yeah. Just, you know. People need to think that like when you go off to do a degree, you're doing it for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like... It's for you to grow and learn and be independent, yeah. Yeah, so much more than just the work, isn't it? Yeah. But then at the same time, I mean, I'm right in thinking that you had a... David Falvari's one of your tutors? Yeah. And I loved that guy's work. I had his work on my wall at university in, in Preston in like 2000, whatever it was, 2004. Mm. Scary. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, I loved, loved his stuff because it had something that I was looking to introduce into my own work, which was just that human quality. Yeah. So to be working under people that have got industry experience, like you cannot buy that stuff. It's yeah, that's mm. been really good. Especially in second year, we had like three or four visiting lecturers who were all professionals in different areas. Like one did printmaking, one did like collage, and yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's but they don't do that anymore. No. <laughs> no. We we got we got good contact still with yeah. one of them, Kate Gibb. Yeah. And she's just yeah. She tells us about things that we should go and see and just yeah. oh, it's so important. Mm. I'm I'm good friends with most of my chippers mm. from college, from uni, like and just because we're all in the same world and we yeah. have the same mm. interests and we're all adults, it's like 
what we have in the, in the arts, and it's the same when you get into industry and you start to meet like art directors, is that we're all just in it because t- on some level we like it. So it's, you've got mm. common interests straight away. So you do tend to make friends, I've found, more than in any other job, really, because, yeah. you know, the guys... The guy, I remember meeting guys early on that I would sit there shaking, showing my portfolio in London when I f- yeah. first used to come down. And then three weeks later, I saw one guy, like, sick on his shoes on a night, <laughs> on a night out, and it's suddenly, like, it's a real equaliser. You go, like, yeah. right, suddenly I'm on a night out with this guy and, he's, and I've got to get him home now because he's really drunk. And all of a sudden... <laughs> knocked right off that perch <laughs> in the best possible way because then you're mates and you and it's and that from that moment on you know I'd get phone calls going can you get can you turn me a quick job around for tomorrow and you know living in Preston that was a month's rent in the bank yeah. and it's like mm-hmm. oh, it's exciting it's great <laughs> so you, that's the, really the right attitude and then what I will say is like just for listeners like we met when I did I was part of a talk at the, the V&A and it was new designers yeah yeah, yeah new designers last year that's crazy yeah, we yeah. yeah, and Naomi and Caroline came up to me afterwards and kind of said hello and said they were reading my book, which is like a massive compliment, but also a bit of a head, head fuck. No other way of saying it for me. Um, and asked if I could visit my studio, and it was like, and I've got massive respect for anyone who's studying and making inroads, like actually making the effort to get off their ass and do more than is in the curriculum. So hats off to both of you because it's like, that's why we're sat here today, and it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I just I look I look to reward it because people reached out to me and it's like when you meet people halfway, yeah. people art directors, creative directors have thrown me bones all the time when I've shown like initiative to go to them, yeah. and it's like so then you you guys are part of a small group of people and crew including Lauren, including yeah. like I don't know if you know Reese Lowry who's studied in Cardiff and one of Lauren's friends anyway, they all reached out in some capacity and showed yeah. like an initiative and I feel like almost now any opportunity that comes up where I can point them in that I do it and actually make the effort to go and do it even if it's yeah. you know something I have to wait until to do until after work and you will find that in the industry you'll get that a lot so keep that attitude and you'll be good <laughs> that's, my, that's my advice anyway <laughs> thank you yeah. so have you got do you have sort of idea have you got like you know is there something you'd really like to do which is there anything like some of your stuff we mentioned earlier is children's illustration, Caroline. Like yeah, um, I want to continue a little bit doing that, but I also, I don't know, I feel like I need to explore my practice more mm. and just, I don't know, every kind of nice to leave uni and just sort of only focus on me, not just criteria and all that. Yeah. And just, yeah. Yeah. Produce work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I really like screen printing for like surface design, but also for like individual illustrations. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because where I'm going to move for a few months, there's like no facilities to do that, so yeah. I'm a bit worried about that. <laughs> yeah, but then I, I don't know, I suppose it's one of those situations where it will kind of force you to find other ways of doing, of, of yeah. achieving a certain result, and you might find a real revelation. Yeah during that but it is isn't it it's t- that, that's a tough thing that we were always advised you know like think about what you will have access to yeah. kind of thing but then I suppose now the world's a bit smaller because of technology so you will find ways of doing it I imagine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because it is it's funny because no one really not many people anyway like I said know where they want to go I certainly didn't I had, my stuff was terrible and I kept doing it for about two years before someone told me it was rubbish and said to go and um draw again which I stopped doing somewhere along the line so I think like you mentioned Caroline about finding do stuff for you that's absolutely crucial because once you start to find ways of putting you into it whatever that part of you is that's when you that's when people connect with it because 
they see something that's original and can only be yours. So mm. I think it's a really crucial part of the journey after after studying. Mm. Yeah, so you're gonna miss you're gonna miss London. So yeah, much. so so so, so much. much. Yeah, I'm gonna come back here all the time. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. It's just so much here. Like I think it's foolish not to take advantage of living in London. Like just see everything. Yeah. Meet yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to move back eventually. Mm. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I I was in Manchester for five years and I moved here. This, the, this is the reason I'm doing this today. Is like I because I came to London and I was always pestering, like going around my agent's office and saying. Right, I've done the book. I really love the media yeah. stuff. Like, mm. let me know if anything comes up. And Harry, the director of my agency, said, "Well, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Is that something you've ever thought about?" Yeah. And I thought, "Hang on, I listen to about ten podcasts a week. Why has that never crossed my mind?" I like, I can run my mouth. I know, <laughs> I, I, I know my industry. I know some people that I can go and talk to and make a good episode from. So, c- yeah. cool. Let's try it. So I, I kind of <laughs> bought this thing, this microphone, and next thing you know, I'm playing journalist. But it's but that's London. It's like you can just walk into a pub or go to a certain thing and meet the right people and you can do that anywhere but but London's kind of unique I guess in a way that maybe only like New York or maybe Berlin or something you know would would do the same thing but then you know so I think studying here probably benefited you in a big way in that respect yeah yeah I would say so so how far have you got in terms of have you got like websites brands you you prominent on social media yeah, I have a website and um, some social media accounts, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, me too. I'm looking to like develop my website more <laughs> Yeah. now as I'm finished because I feel like, I don't know, I haven't really had the time. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it's, it's, it's cool. I, I, I didn't have anything. I, didn't, I had a really shit postcard when I graduated. I didn't have anything. Like my blog, I didn't have a website. I, I, it just felt like a overwhelming challenge to even think about that yeah so you, you you're in a good position because you know i mean I'm, I'm asking you for the listeners benefit but when you guys came around you showed me on websites and your work and i was a little bit scared <laughs> because you guys are like up and coming and i'm like they're well ahead of where i was at that point so i need to stay on my game <laughs> but really impressed like primarily massively impressed because it's just again, it goes back to that initiative. How we met, it's just you know, you, you, yeah. you clearly you clearly into it and feel passionate about it. Would that be would that be accurate? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. That's that's the that's the big one. It's like yeah. if you care and you're passionate about, it, you will find ways to make it work. Yeah. Actually, just live it twenty four hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's really cool. So where can people check out your work then? Since we're on websites www.naomikratz.co.uk Yeah. Yeah, and com. Nice. I'll put all that in the show notes so people can find your stuff as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's exciting times ahead. I can't wait to see where you, uh, where you end up going, guys. Mm. Thanks for your time. Okay. <laughs> I think Naomi and Caroline speak for a lot of people in the, the kind of uncertainty and not really knowing what's next, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think in personal experience, I really found that the kind of not knowing and, and you know being pushed into full-time jobs and kind of hitting that for a little while gave me really crucial inspiration and a, a really good kind of perspective on, on what I'd lost with the university but what I had to work hard to regain in terms of a career. So really cool stuff and I wish to check them out, wish them the, the best of luck. Go and check out their work, really, really brilliant stuff. So then I, I um, got onto Phil Gom. I was down at New Designers 2016 and Phil Gom is a course leader on the BA Honours uh, 
CG Arts and Animation course at the University of, uh, for the Creative Arts, UCA, that is, uh, Rochester. Um, really interesting stuff. I wanted to talk to a lecturer about how students felt when they hit that kind of advent, that, that welcome back to reality and to the real world type feeling. And uh, I knew it was kind of cajoling a few students into going and talking to people, finding out who they are, why they were there, if they could help, and if they were interested in their work. So Phil gives us an absolutely wonderful insight into the mindset of those students and what he thinks you know they might need to do and, and just his whole take on things. Phil's an awesome guy, really driven, got some really refreshing ideas. Um, so here we are at New Designers 2016. So, my name's Phil Gom, I'm course leader for Computer Animation Arts at uh, UCA Rochester. And we've been coming to New Designers now since 2009. And it's Thursday, so it's day one, really, of the event. And you can see the bags under my eyes. <laughs> so speaking from a perspective of someone who did this now 10 years ago, which freaks me out, um, is it? I mean, to me, it felt this was reality homecoming. This felt like the, the you know the clouds parted and suddenly there's this real world, and it's like, do you find that to mentality with students, or do I, you get I, a range? I honestly think that there's there's um, weather systems that you design. There's different weather systems. You can see them coming in, and there's always the weather system where there is the student who suddenly apprehends. Sorry, the graduate who suddenly apprehends that a lot of the advice they were given around um, this thing called the real world. That uh, suddenly it's not abstract anymore. It's not sort of that, that older guy, you know, with the beard going, all wagging his finger. It, it's it's suddenly you're out there. There's there's loads of other people, and you can sort of see uh, a sort of the clouds gather a little bit. And then there's always some melancholy. And I think um, I mean I've just literally before um, talking with you had a kind of a, a cheerleading conversation with someone who's just figured out how their work isn't finding its audience here for all of the reasons that we said it wouldn't, and, and suggested that it could be. You know, titivated or curated for, for, for this show, and so, and then we've got a number of students who are who are more shy, who suddenly realise just how much of the the social element in terms of how it's going to happen is important. So I, I think it's a sobering, I think it's a sobering event, and probably tough love. Um, we do as much as we can to cushion that, but I think in the end, you're in a in a world of hundreds of talented people with hungry eyes. Yeah. And uh, I don't know we do what we can, but I think those weather fronts are inevitable. You yeah. see, you see reality kind of yeah. stealing in. I, th- um, I, th- I think from experience, I think it's an important part as well. Like my first six months were bad. I mean, I sat at a B and Q garden table in my bedroom with a picture of Damon Albarn posted on the wall. Uh, it's tragic. It's calling tragic. it a studio, and I, and I couldn't. Yeah. That cut off from seven years of education. Yeah. I found it very difficult, and I yeah. hit a rut for that time. It was only when I got a shared space with a few yeah. friends that I suddenly felt something ignite again and thought, okay, I'm back in that environment again now. Giving that something that people are going to tend to struggle with a little. Well, all I would say is that I have this bit of advice, um, and it's, all, it's for my graduates, and it's always about September being the loneliest month for a graduate because um, you're programmed to be going back, you're programmed to be starting something, you're, you're, you've, been, you've been in education a long time, and I, so I say to all of my lot, just make sure that you have a plan for September. Um, if, if you're in a have a project, um, volunteer, do something so there's a structure there because I've seen lots of graduates lose their nerve. So they feel creative, um, they, they're exciting, they, do, they make their own work and suddenly in September they feel that they've got to do a different kind of a job and often, you know, the other big thing is just getting graduates to talk to their parents to manage the expectations of their parents because there's a sense that, that they should be, you know, doing the dream job right now you know and we all know that it's a year two years it's uh, I mean personally I was I'm an um, 
an expert painter and decorator and sander of floors because for a long time I was piecing my life together, doing something creative, maybe cash in hand, working incredibly hard curating an exhibition in the, sort of the uh, Truman Brewery uh, for two days and then after that, oh, I'm painting and decorating and sanding some old lady's banisters because I've, I, I don't know how to do the next bit and so I, I'm very... I'm very truthful with my graduates about how imperfect it's going to be. Yeah. Um, because you have to manage expectations about this show, yeah. because these shows work, because it could be you. That we, We've had lots of success, we've had people get internships and people get awards here, but there's a, there's a whole proportion of people who that's not happening for. And, yeah. and, and you've, got to find a, you've got to find advice and, uh, for them too. But partly it is about realising that you're up against it. Yeah. I don't know if you'd agree that that, that is a... I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I did my equivalent of that was, was full-time goods in in Watchstone, so I was working there weekends as a student. Yeah. Um, wasn't drawing the evenings. I'd, I'd lost confidence six yeah. months of that. And even though I was living with two people who graduated, we were all in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think one of us did a, a council calendar uh, or something along the way. That became Preston City Council working as a recycling officer. You're yeah. assessing whether someone qualified <laughs> for a second wheelie bin, uh, which was really interesting. Well, it's but, important stuff. But that, that gave me steel and the desperation to, to reverse it. You know, and I, I think different characters respond differently. Yeah, I honestly think that tutors. I mean, for, for me, my advice is try and be the um, try and be the lecturer that you wanted to meet when you were, you know, someone who would, you know, someone who would make the truth seem warm in the so much as like I did it you survive it life is imperfect and just I don't know taking the piss out of yourself and, um, and your apparent sort of status as a, as a sorted fixed person yeah. Yeah. and then admitting just how made up it's been and, and how that you've sort of lurched often from one and try and make that into the new normal because one of the big problems as well of course you know the sort of government surveys employment surveys they, they're always like after six months of graduation you know there's a whole bunch of um, metrics that derive now from like um, for courses and their league tables about how many people are employed after six months and I've always you know boggled at that because six months is nothing no. and it and it doesn't describe you either as being um, um, you could be working really hard at, you know CVs going out you know um, loads of posts and it's still eight months and it's nine months and so there is this false set sense as well particularly around the creative industries I think that that um, it's going to happen like that, and I, I, most people I know, my age, my my contemporaries, um, have had much more patchwork lives. They've had periods of, of existential angst when they right, can't. I'm, I'm in one. That's six, <laughs> six weeks. Six weeks dry spell. Yeah, unprecedented since 2011. Yeah. However, um, I, I I now know to ride that out and to make great yeah. use of that time. But you don't as a graduate, do you? So no. Well, to my, your point, the well, statistics are bullshit. You well, know, they are. They frankly. are, and yet they are increasingly. Um, important, like on open days, you know, marketing prospectuses. It's all about that employability percentage after six months, and it's like it just feels like it's wandered in from a different sector to me. It's like what you know, you know, and it just sets this weird precedent. Um, but my, my best mate, uh, he's a freelancer. He's just um, uh, he's an amazing guy, digital sculptor. He's worked on films, all sorts of things, and he just has just come out of a dry spell. And he's like forty-one, mm-hmm. and you know he's got a mortgage, and you know he, you know, amazingly talented guy, and and it's still you know over a pint, an admission of this sort of weather front blowing in of, of doubt, you know. Yeah. And he's forty-one, you know. He's, he's grizzled. Yeah. He's you know he's. he's He's earned his keep for sort of 25 years yeah. plus, but still, those weather fronts come in, and I think that I, I guess you have to know how to deal with them and you know yeah. and ride it because and otherwise adapt. you'll just stop. 
it's about that ability to convert because that is where your confidence comes from. It's the, you know, if you think about it, on a three-year course, you spent three years making something from nothing. You've been given a brief, which is a thing on paper, and then from that, an artifact or a film or something. And it's a, that's a magic trick, isn't it? It's like something from, you're making something from nothing. There was no idea, then there's the idea, and then somehow having a brief and being in a university context gives you the confidence to create this thing and that doesn't change when you leave except you don't have the you don't have that scaffolding around it mm-hmm. and so the secret I think of weathering those fronts is to sort of just convert energy and time into something yeah. um, and it's I, I always say my lot as well short-term goals to yeah. achieve those in the interim don't set yourself this ridiculously puritanical goal where that's where the existential you, comes yeah from. that is because if you yeah. don't make it it's like a year's resolution you're a bad person yeah and it's just like, and then you, you hear sort of creatives worrying that they're not sort of in some kind of league or a super creative or they should be here by now. And I just, everyone I talk to doesn't have that experience. There'd be very few golden ticket sort of yeah. Willy Wonka style success stories. Yeah. And I think that's because there aren't many Willy Wonka success stories. Yeah. And, e- and even you know, when there are, they have their own pitfalls, which we could go on all day. Yeah. But I just think, um, and, and as I always say to students, there's nothing wrong with working part time, full time, no. whatever it is. No. The, the, my full-time jobs were some of my greatest inspiration for doing yeah. what I do now and actually in the same way that you know in between first and second year I worked on my dad work for, for 20 years and it simultaneously gave me respect for my dad for doing that job yeah. um, to support the family yeah. and he actually he would, he never minded it yeah. but me personally with an active imagination it, it, it didn't work and I hated that I hated yeah. getting up at 6 in the morning yeah. to go and do that so in the evening suddenly the sketchbooks were right out yeah. even though no one was telling me yeah. to do it and I felt that that lit something you were self-medicating in that yeah, respect yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. there's a lovely um, there's a lovely quote in, uh, in Peter Pan um, where about the, 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 the father Wendy's very disappointed I think with her father because he's a boring man and the, the mother says he's, he's a hero because in order to facilitate the, the dreams of his children, um, he puts his own dreams in a box. He sort of mm. caps it out. And I think that, that you know, I, when it comes to teaching as well and sort of tuition, and you this time of year particularly, there's a melancholy, a go-go, because you are, you're letting go of these, you know, these people. And, and there is that sense of your, your creativity, um, or my personal creativity, you, you give it out, you know. Um, and I think tutors in, in sort of August, as they sort of power down, but prepare to teach again for me August is all about creativity so I've got a novel I'm going to finish and I go out and I take and I've got to sort of bank it in August I've got to just <laughs> like uh, immunise myself so, yeah. so, so when I stand up in front of a new intake there's some currency some, some cultural capital yes. some, and that's yes. really important and you know that, that's a self-imposed thing but that's, that's me as you were at night making sure their sketchbooks come yeah. out because the, because it's where confidence comes from, and I yeah. guess it's where your authority to to, to be of help to other people comes from. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, otherwise, way like you say, the fresh ideas are staying ahead of things. Does that go? You know, otherwise. <laughs> well, cheers for your time. Phil. No worries. Uh, always a pleasure. <laughs> so after talking to Phil and a few of the guys in the kind of visual communication area, like Naomi and Caroline, um, I wanted to get stuck into the tech side of things. Um, it's gone absolutely bananas, to put it one way, in the last decade. So I kind of braved the whole um, interaction design and the more digital, uh, dis- you know, sort of product design areas of the of new design while I was there. Um, and I got chatting to Dean Taylor and Rich Cahill, um, who are both from the digital interaction design at Dundee, uh, Duncan of Jordanstone, kind of art college up there. I mean, talk about inspiring. These guys have got developed ideas that were beyond, probably beyond anything I'm doing now, let alone anything I graduated with. Um, 
so I pulled those guys to one side on separate occasions. So here they are back to back. We'll start with Dean Taylor. Um, and then I'll move on to Rich Cahill. Prepare to have your mind blown. This is what's coming. This is where tech is going. Really, really, really crazy stuff. Mind just introduce myself just for listeners? Yeah, no problem. Uh, my name is Dean Taylor. I'm a, I consider myself an interactive product designer who specialises with electronic music and that sort of industry and yeah. making sort of interfaces for, for that purpose. Yeah, and what, so what university are you? So I'm from Dundee in Scotland, the University of Dundee. Uh, we have an art school and design school called Duncan Johnson or DJ Cad. Yeah. Nice, and you said you mentioned to me, sent you, what's your background from music, right? Yeah, from sound design, uh, okay. and sort of geeking out with technology. Yeah. Um, I think a sort of natural progression comes from music, you sort of start to get interested in technology, and, uh, and the sounds that come from that as well. Yeah, yeah. So how have you, how have you, how have you found that, and putting it in a kind of, have you found it a good, a good vehicle that you need to kind of develop? Absolutely. Um, university sort of encouraged being open with your ideas, and just like going radical as well, sort of a bit crazy. Um, and that's, yeah, it was a great sort of platform for me to, to drive my sort of previous experience with music yeah. into the design. Yeah. Do you feel, do you feel it's kind of, do you think it's been a benefit coming from a different angle? Or, yeah, or? Uh, absolutely. Um, I sort of had a starting point, should I say, uh, yeah. because I, I sort of had drive of where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Uh, and that's why I've got this sort of resulting platform yeah. I've created. Nice. What's next? What's next? A great question. Uh, I was thinking we start my own company to sort of start selling these products and develop them further as well. Yeah. Cool. So, so it's, it's already, it's already. Have you got? So Octavius, your project. So yes. Yeah. Uh, actually just gives a little, little synopsis to that. Yeah. Um, so Octavius was my sort of giving back to the community of people who are looking for new interesting ways to make music and to bring back more tangibility to music making as well. Yeah. So I get you away from the touch screens and all the digital software that we're yeah. also used to now, you know. So I created this uh, platform, which is eight wireless blocks that you can turn and tap, uh, and you can switch to different instruments on the fly, away from the computer, you don't need your screen. Yeah. So that's the basis of what I'm doing. Nice. So I guess it's good, there's a certain degree of dexterity you can use yeah. yeah. That was that keyword, is it? Well, I'm sort of looking for people to understand that I'm bringing this. Nice. So you're looking forward to take that forward, is that? Certainly. Yeah. Like exploring that and amongst other ideas as well, sort of how we can make music a bit more musical, yeah. I guess, you know? And how, how do you feel about going into industry? I guess you have an understanding of, of the world that you're going into, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I've been part of the community, like the the music community yeah. for over a decade now, so I'd like to think that I know the market well, and I know what people want and don't want, what can yeah. be gimmicky. Nice. Sounds uh, sounds pretty promising. Sounds like you're on it. Thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting times ahead. And uh, have you got a website where people can check out? I do. It's www.deantaylordesign.com. Nice. The main projects and special Octavius will be on the front page, so it's easy to get to as well. Check out the video. Cheers for your time, Dave. Nice one. Cheers. Hello, um, my name is Rich, and I just graduated from Digital Interaction Design up in Dundee, talking to Johnson College of Art and Design. Yeah. Um, and basically, I spent four years experimenting with um, technology as a material and using design to see how it can benefit uh, people, essentially, off from all different kinds of problems and using using design as conversation as much as process and um, process process and product at the end as well. Yeah. Um, so that's. That's what I spent my four years. Like my, my projects have ranged from everything. Like I do, I've I've made fonts which um, like use ligatures to illustrate um, negative feelings. I've uh, without sort of showing the actual text. I've I've created a bollard which chirps out sort of musical cryptograms from text messages that it's received because bollards can receive text messages with the technology <laughs> um, that we put in it um, just to sort of basically poke fun at um, people standing on the street on their phones. Wow. Um, 
what else have I done? I've made a set of business, I've made a set of ties which um, had a QR code screen printed over the top of them so when you split them open you couldn't access the sensitive data in the middle. So lots of tongue-in-cheek projects as well but um, for my final year project I took on something a bit more serious. I had a look at um, mental health so I was focusing around, I had um, a brief spell of anxiety, clinical anxiety when I was in my second year of uni after a snowboarding accident where I tried to do a front, front flip where I was wasn't wearing a helmet, tried to do a front flip and had a grade 3 concussion which was really bad. Led to lots of post-concussion syndrome and a lot of anxiety for myself. Mm. Um, off the back of that um, I had my sort of like first run in with um, mental health issues and I started, the whole world sort of opened up for me. And uh, one of the biggest frustrations I had was that everything was just so fluffy and everything was just so all in your head, there was nothing concrete about it. And I started to have this conversation with a lot of pals over the next few years about like, um, about how mental health services and like mental health is slowly getting like treated more and more as a sort of serious issue and it's slowly being equated to sort of like physical health and physical well-being because they're both intertwined mm. um, but it's still treated in like quite a fluffy sort of way and I wondered if design could be used to sort of help cement it, um, mental health as a sort of um, as a key sort of uh, part of your overall well-being and if like design and visual design and interaction design could be used to aid existing systems but also use tone of voice and visual language to add legitimacy to an issue. So that was my sort of jumping off point and then I spoke to I spoke to lots of um, different clinical psychologists and I was looking specifically at anxiety and looking at um, sort of disruptive thought patterns and you notice yourself having an anxious thought and like CBT and all the sort of like leading therapies, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's all about recognizing those thoughts yes. and then getting them down so that you can then go and like understand them and change them and change yeah. the way you think about them. So like that was the sort of, that was the main point, but there was nothing really out there to, to help you do that. There's nothing to sort of, um, not tangible tools, no tangible tools. There was no, there was no tool. It was basically, oh, keep a journal, show me the journal. We'll talk about that. So I was like wondering maybe maybe there would be room for technology to supplement those existing talk therapies. Um, and I went through, like, I, my design pro I started off with that sort of very vague brief, and then uh, spoke to lots of users, talked about all kinds of different things, tone of voice, um, technology that they used, and everything came back to sort of uh, communication technologies and how they were so embedded in our lifestyle, like, um, and how they're established as a sort of a private space. So I looked into text messaging and I'd had a little bit of experience with Twilio, which is a cloud communication service, um, which basically allows you to do anything a phone can do with code. So anything like a phone service can do. And um, I thought it would be really interesting to replace a sort of a handwritten journal with a text messaging service. So you could text in your thoughts and feelings when they come up and then it would then log them to a database. So you can sort of like look at them later and reference them. But I was constantly coming up with this um, problem that it's really hard to talk about things you know it's, it's really hard to just like show someone a thing mm. of text it's, there's no sort of solid reference point between you and that thought so I looked into creating a sort of indicative boundary between those thoughts and the outside world something to suggest that something is wrong without actually going into the, like the really deep detail of it and um, that's when I started looking at artificial intelligence um, uh, specifically IBM Watson has an API an application program interface which allows you allows them to sort of uh, it's able to monitor text for or analyze text for emotional tone mm. um, and I specifically used anger, fear and sadness which is the three um, key emotions um, that the counsellors that I was talking to were like really looking for out of the five that it gave and um, 
analyze those text messages um, and then sort of use a seismograph style graph of your week in terms of disruption. So I was trying to equate everything to an emotional and internal earthquake and sort of use that visual metaphor yeah. um, in support scenarios. But the most, the most interesting thing that it did, so essentially what you've got is you've got a text messaging interface, uh, so you're texting in your thoughts when and where they arise, and then an online dashboard where you can explore these sort of seismograph style graphs, and you can click in and see the thoughts on their own as well. But then you can also just print it out, you can print out the graph, and it, it then splits it in two, so it's got, it's, the first page is the graph of, of like the most recent week. And then the pages following that are all the sort of the, the text messages you sent in. So you can hand over that first page with just the graph, just a visual overview of how your week went, and use that as the sort of the key reference point to start a discussion about your mental health and how, how your last week went. Mm. Um, and you can keep all the list of your text messages to yourself, and you can share them as and when you want as a part of that discussion. So you're not directly disclosing it. Yeah. It's all about creating this indicative boundary between your thoughts and the outside world. I think that's brilliant. Uh, that was a really I mean, roundabout way. That was a long elevator. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't want to go into detail about my own stuff because this is about you, but I've done, I ran a campaign with, with Calm mm -hmm. um, a little while. Fantastic, back, fantastic. About, yeah. um, about the, the emotional benefits of artistic expression. So mm -hmm. this was more looking at, uh, I guess in a more archaic way, I, I interviewed comedians. I, would st I mentioned interview Stephen Merchant, like Danny Dyer of all people. Really open, frank conversation yeah. about, about, the, the sense of belonging, but this to me sounds like a much more a, a sort of, in the best possible way, insular in the sense that, I mean, we can all we you know we all make a note or, or keep a diary or mm -hmm. express that negative emotion in some way. But what, what I tend to find is the moment that someone feels like well again or that changes, you almost scrap it and then it's like uh, you think I'm fine, fine, it's cool. Yeah. But this sounds like it's a more permanent uh, log of this stuff so that you you can dip back in when you when you want to yeah. come back would that would that be accurate yeah absolutely so it's it's i mean we all have ups and downs right so course, and some yeah. people have really 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 bad downs um and when that happens you just feel like you're sort of rife and you're overrun and especially with, specifically with clinical anxiety or with anxiety in, at all it's just your mind is working so fast it's, and the simple act of writing something down slows down your thinking like massively and that was that was that was one of the key things of part of cbt is it's all about just getting it down and oh so this is not just a sort of in an organizational sense but actually this actually is, this has yeah a it's actually and it's, it's got a therapeutic um, wow, purpose okay. as well so i did a little bit of research into something called acceptance commitment therapy which is a sort of a level up from cbt cognitive behavioral therapy and in accept in in act it's all about divorcing yourself from your thoughts so separating yourself from your thoughts stepping back and trying to think scientifically about that situation yeah. and by writing that down you're having to sort of like analyze and sort of think about it from an outside perspective which is a massive step to sort of recognizing and then understanding uh, which you can then take forward in a talk therapy and start trying to change the way you were thinking wow. and sort of understand so it does it does have it does have that sort of it's got that sort of twofold so it's about understanding and having this like point of reference but it's also in in the moment it has a value as well yeah so yeah this is incredible. So where are you up to with it? Are you got plans to take this forward? Uh, um, is, so it, is it already in motion? It's a fully functioning system right now. So right, okay. It's so this, just, this it's just, Yeah, it's UGRAPH. Wow. With a, so UGRAPH, like, all one word with a .ph in the middle. So it's UGRAPH. So it's a cheeky domain hack. Um, wow. And you can sign up. Um, I'm I'm putting all the costs right now, wow. so I'm just it's it's not it's not super expensive, but like I think it costs about forty p a user. And what's been the week. feedback of people? It's been really good. And yeah. um, the biggest thing has been about the visual language that I've chosen and the tone of voice, because um, a lot of sort of mental health stuff does tend to be quite fluffy, which and quite light blue and um, stuff. But it, it, if you want it to be treated the same way as any other health issue, 
I tr um, then mm. maybe you should try and borrow elements from other health, health issues. So I yeah. had a look at um, lots of different scientific visual imagery and um, lots of like medical packaging and stuff and just trying to borrow tiny little elements and not like push over the edge and yeah. sort of get the balance right in terms of that tone of voice. And um, the biggest thing has been the reception of the tone of voice and about how just plain and stripped back it is. Yeah. It's purely a tool, it's got tiny little accents, it's not trying to be anything, anything yeah. else. You all seem really kind of switched on to the to the finance, to the business side, to the to the the actual you know everything from the creation of I mean, it, what I'm trying to get at is is how has the degree been in facilitating that? Um, Duncan Johnston, the, the art college, uh, the design sort of school inside Duncan Johnston, um, the design department even um, has a module called Design Enterprise, which is your dissertation module, and that's that's like a two part module over. Well, essentially over a year, but in your like sort of last last year and a half, and um, that that pretty much drills into you all the, the details, and it's it's taken by a really great lecturer called uh, well professor called Mike Press, who um, Mike what was his name Mike Press Press Mike Press, um, and he's the, just the energy he brings to to it, and it, it's fantastic. It's it's just it, like all the details bring he brings in like like an accountant. Yeah. Um, well, a guy who set up an accounting firm and is now like does loads of entrepreneurial stuff called Alan McGill, and he somehow manages to make tax interesting and that sort of thing. And it's just yeah. you're constantly getting talks from really interesting entrepreneurs who've gone out and done it. Yeah. And it's all about sort of like making design schools the new business schools and sort of like trying to facilitate. Yeah. Well, trying to facilitate well, understanding. Well, the people who don't, let's on. face it, are going to be left behind in the, in the world yeah. that we're, we're in now, the digital yeah, world. Yeah, for sure. The overriding impression from those guys was. Um, just sheer independence and drive and uh, Rich for example you know I think I, mes I mentioned this on a previous episode he messaged me on Twitter in the morning when I said that I was going to be down with the Restormimics um, at the New Designers event and you know he was hitting me up he was letting me know when he's going for lunch where his stand was and he even sent me a photo of where his, uh, where his work was so you know I went down checked it out talked to Rich who took me over the road for a coffee and um, just next level stuff like so far beyond what I was doing at university and if these guys don't go on to do amazing things then I don't know who will but it just goes to show where, where tech's gone um, crazy crazy stuff I, I struggle to process the tech stuff but I'm in the midst at the moment of trying to fuse together this idea of tech science business and the arts crossing over because I really think it's where things are going so these guys are really well positioned and I think if everyone from the you know the likes of graphic design and illustration is not afraid to cross over into those realms I really think we're going to see a fusion and a melding of all those things and some really really amazing forward-thinking pioneering ideas in the near future so after grabbing a word with a few of those students um I thought it was important to go and chat to a few of the people putting on events. So I was down there doing portfolio reviews for Artsthread, who are an amazing organisation who sometimes support this podcast. Um, and they're essentially graduate and student portfolios, but they bring so much more to the dance. Um, so I caught up with Katie Dominic to talk about the external events they're doing, the portfolio reviews, why these things are important, what Artsthread are all about and what they can offer for students and graduates moving forward. Hello, I'm Katie Dominic. I'm the co-founder and director of Artsred. And Artsred is an online portfolio service for students and graduates from around the world. And you guys cover um, quite a wide range, right? Yeah, we do. We do all kind of all sectors. We do everything from fine art and photography through to um, fashion, textiles, product design, furniture, craft, visual communications. You know it. Yeah, and you seem you sort of you seem very active as a group. I mean, I've, obviously we've been chatting now for a good year or so since last New Designers. Um, so I mean, 
you do talks, right, and a whole wide range of stuff? I mean, what are the kind of benefits for, for students who would come, or the graduates who would come in? Yeah. Well, what we do is obviously with the on, we've, we've obviously we've got the online portfolio service, but what we try and do is offer offline opportunities for the students as well. Yeah. So whether that's portfolio reviews that we're doing here at New Designers, or it can be um, in the form of webinars as well. Yeah. Also, we do a lot of shows, so we offer um, students and graduates the opportunity to show their work at different. Um, places around the world so we do London Design Festival we do Milan Design Week yeah. and then lots of other things as well so it's it's trying to sort of say well you've got your portfolio up there but we're not just going to let we're not going to sort of yeah. let it go at that yeah. so it's also a lot of online promotion through social media yeah. etc and would it, would it be fair to say that you kind of in some ways you, you sort of bridge the gap between that void that's graduating and then the real world it's like I think because I mean, just looking at the events that you guys put on, things like what we're doing today with the portfolio reviews and things, I think these are important stepping stones as someone who's gone through that process to to actually not going right unis over real world. To yeah, it's like I, I think so very much because I think um, I think especially in the UK, there's such a big pro, um, a big push towards people doing like their final project. Yeah. So you know, come the final year, then everything is funneled towards this final project, which will then show at a graduate show. And even if the, um, the universities, they put on lots of sort of career options for students, so they might put on lots of things about, you know, if, what, if you want to start your own business, how to write yeah. a CV. The fact is a lot of students are just not listening at that time because everything is so tunneled yes. that it's like, okay, tunnel, 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 final, okay, graduate show, finished, and yeah. then you now need that. Yes. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to offer them lots of opportunities, lots of practical advice. Yeah on everything from CVs, covering letters, starting your own business, business plans, etc. Yes, I think it's really important. I, I, mean, I, was in the, I was in the same boat. Same thing, you're just stressing about this big yeah. end thing and all of a sudden it's like curtains open and it's like, oh, maybe I should have been listening. So it's, like, exactly. so it's really good yes. to have this. I'm just, I mean, a community aspect as well. I think it's great that you're doing offline stuff where people can come and talk to human beings and get inspired, you know, so I think it's great. And, um, yeah, I think that's really important because I think sometimes people feel that they're kind of on their own. Oh, you do. And, the, average, you know, yeah. the last thing that we want is people to have spent like three or four years on a course and then kind of just giving it up and going, yeah. oh, that's okay, I'm just going to go and work yeah. in the shop. So it's like trying to keep people's motivation going. Yeah. And also the realisation that, okay, you might not get your dream job straight away. You might not be able to start your own business straight away. You might have to be working part-time for yeah. a year or even two years, but that's kind of normal, you know. And I think people's, it's good to meet other people and, and to hear about their story and realise that actually, you know, you can get there in the end and it's not yes. a case of... It's got to work now, or it's like yep. never. Yep. It, you know, there are all these interim periods that will happen, and things yeah. will happen, and also your career will go in different directions. What you studied is not necessarily God, where you're yeah. going to end up. I, I was never taught to do this. You know, this is <laughs> this is just me being yeah. interested and finding yeah. other ways to support myself. It's as simple yeah. as that. And you know, illustration is great, and I love it, but there are there are dry spells. So it, I always felt this urge to just, oh God, I've got to use these skills in other ways. And I think everyone goes through those, you know, evolutionary periods. So. I think so, and I think the thing is, I think it's great for universities to maybe like look at this more and and just kind of like get people into the mindset of thinking that it's not going to be like a career in just one direction. Yes. It's going to be like all these other things that are going to be happening, and you know that's that's great you know it's about like being very open to ideas yeah. and, and not saying no oh well I haven't done that before I can't do it yes I think develop just developing a wider creative 
mind and people to you know think maybe more entrepreneurially to a degree. You know, I think that's important as well. That's so right. just to finish off, where can people find keep up, you know get portfolios, keep up to date with arts threads? They can sign up to our newsletter. So um, if they if they go to our spread homepage, you can sign up to the newsletter yeah. there. Um, or on our social media. Yeah. That's and what is the website that you are on? It's, it's uh, artsthread.com. Perfect. Nice and easy. Cheers, Katie. Thank you. Check them out. Artsthread are a wonderful organisation um, doing really important work and they've really supported kind of what I've been doing, the writing and, the, and this broadcasting, the podcasting stuff. It's uh, brilliant to see them working and really kind of bridging that gap between uh, students and, and the real world of employment and, uh, you know, the creative industries. Um, so after that, Lauren Goodland real good friend of mine now um i want she's gone straight into a job from university and it's no surprise to me very very driven um so i wanted to talk to her and i also wanted to talk to louise perry from the university of staffordshire um stafford I never remember that <laughs> she'll tell us all about it but these guys are uh very forward thinking they both found me on social media um hit it hard to, to establish you know the, the relationship there and we're all you know good friends now and we're helping each other out at the moment i'm looking through louise's portfolio to try and help her out there um so i wanted to talk to both of them about you know what's been going on on their various degrees in different parts of the country and uh you know what can be expected you find quite a, a sort of clash in the fact that lauren's gone straight into this position of employment as a designer in cardiff um but louise actually is um not really knowing where she's going at the minute. She wants to get into illustration. She's prepared to work. You know, she's going to tell us all about that. So it's really interesting to see two sides of the tape here. So how is it? So tell, well, tell, tell us about where, you, where you're working first. Yeah, it's really good. I literally, um, I'm working across the road from my house. So it's amazing. I literally get out of bed and then like stumble across to work, across the road. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and it's called um, Parade Design and they do like a lot of branding. Um a lot, they're big on like the print work, but they do a lot of like web design and things as well. Okay. And how did you find them? Didn't you do a placement with them? Um, yeah, I did work experience. I think it was. Um, I think it was like the summer of my second year when I had like all this all the spare time, um, and it was after I like I tweeted um, like I was looking for work experience and like, I was good at making cups of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got in touch with them, and then it all went on from there, really. That's really cool. So you found them through Twitter? Yeah, so I was I was with them on work experience. I think it was it was a really long time actually. It was like um I think it was around like April to like late September when I went back to uni, so it was a really long like um placement and it was it was like paid as well, which was good. Brilliant. The summer. That's really cool. Well, so so so, that, so you initially found them through Twitter or or did you you, you meant that that happened afterwards? Um, I found yeah, I found them through Twitter. Like um, someone recommended them to me that I knew, and then um, Claire, the owner, my boss, invited me for like um, just a casual meeting. And I took like I quickly like rushed together like a last minute kind of portfolio thing like the night before. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't actually expecting that. But it, I think that kind of helped as well, just because she knew that I put the effort in last minute to try and get something done. That's really cool. I think it goes a long way, doesn't it? Like. I was chatting to Kyla Pellucci we had on the show a little while back, and oh, yeah. she, I was asking her about um, about like the value of you know printed stuff, and she was telling me that she always puts together a book before an interview, more yeah. more because it helps her to get her head around her own body of work, but also it just it looks like it just shows that you've put a little bit of thought and a bit of effort into it as well. 
Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not, not going to lie, mine wasn't, like, amazing, it wasn't, like, printed like this one, um, but I made it, like, nice and personal, and, like, I mainly made it about, like, who I am as a person, which I think, because they're, like, a really personal design company, like, I think she liked to see that, because it's a bit different, maybe. That's really cool. Yeah, and it does stand out, and I think it is often about the personality. I think you can show quite quickly that you've got skills in the portfolio, but often, you know, people want to know that you're good to work with, you're adaptable and all those things, so that's really cool. So so you've just started there full-time, like, straight out of uni? Um, yeah, I started um, officially, like, in, I think it was in June, like, late June, like, I've recently started, um, and now I'm, like, full-time, nine to five, um, come home and I've got, like, all this free time, I'm not sure what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, uni work to do. <laughs> so you feel like you got that. That must be weird. So in a sense, you must feel less busy than when you were at uni. Yeah, it is really weird. And also, um, in uni, I was used to like commuting to Cardiff, but now, like now, it's so close. I literally I finish work and then I'm home. So there's no time in between <laughs> either. So I've got too much time on my hands now. <laughs> that's brilliant. But I guess I guess you'll want to carry on doing your own personal stuff as well. Yeah, I have been trying. I've been like, it's nice to have a little bit of a break, but I do need to like, I've tried to start getting back into like my greetings cards and things, and yeah. like I need to finish like getting my website done. It's just finding the motivation like when you come home from work to start working on something else. But it is fun. Well, of course it is. That's the thing, isn't it? It's no, it's easier said than done. I always think, oh, I'll do all my writing or whatever, or if I'm writing a new blog or anything like that, I think it's fine. I can do all that stuff in the evenings, but often it's easier said than done isn't it you get to the end of the day and it's like oh i'm done i'm burnt out i just want to do something yeah, know, social definitely. and it's also like down to money because i'm finding like at the moment like you've got to invest a lot of money into printing things to get money back out of them which is quite difficult sometimes you do uh, you do i think and i think i think sometimes that's the advantage of having a full-time job as well isn't it yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know how I'd do it if I didn't have like a full time job. I think it'd be a lot harder. Of course, it is. It takes time as well. I don't know. I don't know many people that goes that graduate and go straight into like full time freelancing. It's... Yeah, well, my course um, is it's actually really good. Like employment rates, like quite a lot of people that have graduated from my course like seem to have jobs, which is really good. Um, I think they kind of they're really good at pushing like us to be professional and to like get talking to people and stuff like that, which is. That is really good actually because I know it varies quite a lot on, on different degrees. Some often prefer to leave that up to the students but a lot of them have quite a hands-on kind of professional module because it is something you need to consider and think about. Yeah, definitely. So did... be a graphic communication. <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah. It's, you know, it's crucial because as creatives I think a lot of people like to, just the idea of just doing what they do and that's it and everything else will fall into their laps but it's just yeah. not the way the world works unfortunately. <laughs> So did you did you always did you kind of have a preference in terms of getting a job or going freelance or was it did you always have a clear direction? Um, I did like think about it. I did do some freelance work like while I was in uni, but to be honest, I found it like I didn't think it was like for me because I just found it really difficult like not having anyone around you and like the sole like responsibility being on you. It's quite a scary thing, and like that's why I was coming to you a lot of the times to like asking for advice and stuff because it is nice to have someone that you can go to like to ask questions and stuff sometimes god yeah it's crucial all the time i'm i'm picking up the phone like you know stressing about something or other it's you know and at the minute it's like a real quiet spell so i'm, I'm kind of thrust back into the 
panic a little bit, you know, London living costs and all that, and you, you kind of, it's not for everyone, that's for sure. It's yeah, not. I definitely didn't want that. I didn't want to, like, have to worry about paying my bills and, like, not really having, like, a steady income, especially, like, after being in uni and, like, worrying about finances so much. I think it's nice for now to have, like, that stability for a little bit. I think it's great, and what I will say as well is, is that that initial cut-off period after uni, when you don't really know what you're doing and you just kind of go into nothing, it's that's quite daunting. I don't, I didn't like that spell in my own in my own career. Yeah, I think it's quite dangerous as well because, like, if you get out of like the zone, out of the habit, like, it can be quite scary. I think to get back into it. It's like when I used to be off for the summer, like, I tried to do as much like graphics-related stuff as I could because I think otherwise I'd find it really hard to get back into doing it. Absolutely, yeah. Oh god, yeah, it's, it's, it is easy to fall out of and then if you've not done it for a while it can be really hard to pick you back up. Yeah. For sure. So how at the same time, I think, like, sorry, full-time work is like a big shock as well. It's like, I don't know, because you think like you've got a job, like what else is there to do with your life? It's kind of scary at the same time as well. But, yeah. But positive as well. That's true. I mean, so have you, have you found, have you, have you found it, have found much difference between the kind of day-to-day -day uni lifestyle and actually working now in your new position i think it's like it's so different like in good like sometimes in good and bad ways like um it's good because i've learned so much like compared to in uni i've learned so much in like the month i've been there um just from like working hands-on and like doing things like even like if i don't know how to do something like you just learn how to do it which is really good yeah um, but the work is like a lot different to uni, which but it's always going to be that way. I think like you're never going to have like the same amount of creative freedom as you get in uni. So how's it all gone then? How does it feel to have graduated? Um, a bit bizarre, I think. Um, sort of trying to kind of land with my feet running, sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. I'm seeing. <laughs> Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting cut off, isn't it? Like, I mean, did you go? Did you do college before uni? Yeah, I was one of those people that sort of went straight from school then to college and then to university. So I'm only 21. Yeah, that's a bit daunting. <laughs> yeah, but it's quite a stretch, isn't it? Like an education to then have the cut off. That's what I, I found that at least. Anyway, I found it like right. I'm out on my own kind of thing now. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like almost like your your parents have taken off the stabilizers from your bike, and you're just sort of going down a really fast hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's a really good analogy, actually. <laughs> so you um, so you went to Staffordshire, right? University. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Stoke. And illustration, which I'd agree, right? It was. Yeah. I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> My course sort of we did a lot of design as well, so sort of the graphic design um, and illustration course was almost put together but um i found that that's actually really helped me because i have a lot of design friends now that i can sort of send my portfolio to and make sure that the type isn't embarrassing yeah do you know what it's, it's absolutely invaluable like even you know even now i'm just in the process of hopefully launching a website in the next couple of weeks but it's like I, I always make the point of commissioning a designer or skill swap, whatever it might be. I just I'm, I'm very aware of my shortcomings and I'm not a graphic designer, so it's you know I, I know what looks good, but I couldn't tell you why or implement that. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I always say I've got an eye for these things, but I'm no expert. Yeah, that's it. I think I, actually I think that's I think that's something that uh, people coming out of uni could all do do well to bear in mind. You know, know, knowing your limitations. I mean, it's good to be ambitious, but I think it's good to work with specialists as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so if you just... know someone that's better than you, then don't be embarrassed to sort of say, look, you know, we have a look at this for me. Well, that's the thing, and you pick little things up all the time and learn things, and it's, I think it's just really good, and then you can concentrate on your own kind of specialist area, which is always a strength, in my opinion. Yeah. So so what's next, then? What's the plan? Um, well, I'm sort of, I'm in the process now of trying to make sure my portfolio is up to scratch. Um, when I've graduated, I think a lot of people have the same problem where they have a lot of um, projects that they don't necessarily uh, feel really reflects their way of working or what they want to be commissioned for. So mm. I'm sort of in the process now of like redrawing stuff and sort of filling it out and making sure that it's, yeah, uh, sort of something I can be almost half proud of to go and give to industry yeah i know i know what you mean it's like it's that balance between taking the time to get it right but then also remembering that there's never a right time to, to jump in as well and it's like exactly. like you said i think you have to be feeling at least semi-confident and and otherwise people can read you know that, that you're not that that's not the case i think people know when you're not when you're not really behind something so i think it is yeah. good to kind of at least feel you know you're on the right track yeah, I think like I'm sort of in the process now where I'm I'm getting to a danger point where I'm just tweaking it all the time, and I'm thinking to myself, no, you've got to start making some calls now. Yeah, <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to take that big step. <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, it took me it took me quite a while to to even start to form the style that's become what it is now. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone's different. I think that's one of the things that everyone has to keep in mind that some people can take, you know, ten years to get where they want to be, or even start to get, you know, on the right track. But others can be can get the brakes really quick. I really just think it's down to personal circumstances. Yeah, definitely. Just small things like where you live and sort of if you've got a job and stuff like that. I mean, like I have a lot of friends now that are obviously they're graphic designers, so they're looking at placements and things. And I'm just sat here at my hometown thinking, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> down them. <laughs> well, that's the danger, isn't it? That's the danger with with what we do, and it being kind of more or less exclusively freelance is that. Uh, you are out on your own and you do have to go and forge your, your own contacts and things and that's infinitely more daunting I think than being given a role yeah definitely yeah I mean like I have a few friends that are going and doing placements and things like I said and I sort of sat here kind of thinking to myself you know I, I wish I was in a position where I could go and you know uh, head hunt sort of things for, uh, yeah. for jobs and full time stuff but yeah at the moment it's just a case of trying to get my portfolio sorted and like yeah. you said my style's not quite i don't think it's quite how i want it and it's hard graduating because you you lack feedback from uh people that you know know their stuff so yeah well that's the thing i mean and, and also just in my own experience especially especially now living in london i think it's really good to um uh to maximize just people just getting out and about and and not overlooking the worth of anyone you know um one thing i found recently people way outside of our world outside the creative industries can be as as valuable you know it's like i have a friend who's a lawyer who's you know, he just threw my name forward because he keeps an eye on what I'm doing on social media, and and I might be doing like a mural in his, you know, in this new building where his firm's oh, moving cool. into. And it's just, yeah, I just think it's just healthy to get out to any kind of networking events. You know, I guess in your case, be it be it Preston, be it Manchester, and and just yeah. go to these things, have a drink, have a chat, and I just think sometimes it surprises you where these contacts can come from. 
Yeah, definitely. And like just sort of surrounding yourself with um, sort of people from, from industry. Like um, my friend and I are going to probably head up to Glug in uh, in Leeds in a few weeks' time. Yeah. Um, but, and I've been to one of their events before and they're really great. Um, sort of have lots of speakers there. I saw Mr. Finger last time we went. Yeah. Um, that was really fun. My boyfriend kind of wasn't very, I don't think he was really up for the whole, oh, you know, going to go and watch a load of illustrators and designers talk, but he certainly really enjoyed it. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? And and often it often what I find is it's it's way too easy to think oh do you know what I'm just going to put a box on tonight after work uh, yeah. and put my feet up whereas actually I, I always say to people do go and have that beer or do go and just do go pop your head in for half an hour you know you, you really don't know who's going to be there and it might just be that that one person you meet doesn't seem relevant but they might know someone that knows someone that knows someone and then six months later who knows you know that's you just have to hedge your bets a little bit and kind of spread you know spread yourself everywhere possible yeah and sort of just taking chances and like if you're having a small connection with someone sort of following that up and you know just sending people messages and sort of keeping in contact with them yeah um, and even if i know a lot of people in my course are sort of like oh you know you're talking to that person i can sort of see them like oh you know that's not really going to go anywhere but you never know it's worth you know just i don't know if you kind of like talk to someone enough you know you'll uh you'll probably make a, a nice sort of relationship with them or they might remember you so that's exactly it yeah i mean we, we had a conversation right not too long back about you know about actual location because you i think you mentioned yeah about yeah, the moving right. back to fleetwood <laughs> thing yeah so, uh, so, so how, how are you feeling about that then what's the current landscape there um not great no not really enjoying that i think that the one part that um graduate for me that's sort of making me feel the worst is kind of coming back to a small town and uh being so far away from um cities and a lot of people and mm. i'm sort of not really surrounded by anyone that sort of knows what i want to do now so it's a bit i feel like i'm sort of shouting into this empty room and <laughs> yeah but yeah, I imagine there's quite a few people that have got uh, similar problems. I mean, like our nearest train station is about half an hour's drive away, so it's a bit, it's a bit secluded. But yeah. I mean, nowadays you can just use the internet, so thank God for that. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah, and and and, and often like I've mentioned in the past it's you know whether it's anything from a job you don't particularly want to be into or, or a place you don't particularly want to live I think these kind of little tests along the way ultimately become good things it's how you handle it you know yeah. and, and, I, and yeah. I, I certainly think for people fresh out of uni it's like it's almost like a baptism of fire because you you, you can only get that mentality from experience but you have to go through it you know there's no real way around it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, yeah but, but 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 what I will say is you seem very driven. I mean, you know, the very fact we're having this conversation is because you reminded me that we talked about talking for the show, and you yeah. know, you just gave me that little friendly nudge, and I thought, oh, do you know what? I've got half an hour free now before I go out later on, so let's do it. You know, and I think that that mentality is commendable, and I think it'll serve you well. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I mean, I've kind of been thinking to myself, like, you know, I, I'm kind of fearing that um, a lot of things like a portfolio or my website and stuff like that I'm like well you know they could be better and stuff like this but I do think there is something to be said for people that just sort of stick with it and uh, yeah and also I'm like I talk to my friend a lot about you know it's pretty much the only thing we talk about down the pub <laughs> yeah we talk about a lot how um, you know uh, there's a few people we know that don't they don't seem to really have their heart in it and we think that that's sort of a, a main problem really and we think that you know because we want it so much surely you know some something will happen it's got to sort of thing of course of course it will i'm a big believer in positive mentality and and, and manifesting your own opportunities you know and i think uh 
that you know to hear that is you know says to me that you've got the right attitude without a doubt and if you want to naturally talk about that it shows that you care and that's that's the big that's the big big thing if you don't love it you're going to struggle that's the bottom line yeah exactly i just i kind of think it's got to happen because you know there isn't anything else i want to do <laughs> it's cool to have seen the progression of these guys who've um, you know been in touch i've seen them develop graduate really come out with these styles and i'm so excited to see where it goes from here they've got a whole challenging uh, panor- you know landscape ahead now with a whole uncertainty since the referendum it brings bad things but i also think it's going to bring a lot of inspiration and fuel for you know for the fire bits of you know anger can be real energy so it's going to be interesting to see what these guys have got you know coming in to try and establish themselves now uh, in this landscape exciting stuff ahead undoubtedly but who knows where that's going to go um so one year on Reese Lowry um and Faith Earl are two students from uh Reese is from Cardiff and Faith is from Birmingham. Um so they both studied I think Reese studied on graphic design and uh Faith was on an illustration degree and I'm going to I'm going to catch up with them a year on to see what they've been up to the difficulties if it's faced they faced um have they gone into work the answer is yes in both cases, but we're going to hear about quite different roles, and um, we're also going to hear, you know, about Faith's friend uh, Matt, who is a top lad that I met at New Designers last year. Who's, uh, you know, she told us that he's been struggling and he's only just got a job. The reason I bring that up is because I think it's really important for people to know that everyone's on a different time scale. Some people go straight into jobs. Some people it takes years and years. Uh, for regular listeners, you might listen. You might remember Miss Led's episode, who's a bit of a legend in the illustration and design business now and fashion illustration right up there with anyone in the industry but it took her eight years to even start doing anything in the creative industries so i think everyone needs to bear in mind that you know we all go different paths and um these two guys are going to tell us all about their own experiences one year out um well yeah i'm sort of from like the valleys yeah um i'm probably about maybe half an hour drive away from cardiff oh, okay, yeah. um it's like me saying i'm from keith from leeds when i'm from keith like, yeah there's a, there's a difference yeah <laughs> yeah well i always say like when people say oh we which is like so my dad I always say oh my dad lives in Leeds he doesn't actually but it's yeah. just easier for me to say okay, there's no point going around the houses when people don't know it yeah. that's, what I, that's what I find <laughs> yeah so whenever people say to me oh where are you from in Wales and I'll just say oh Cardiff yeah because you know it was close enough and <laughs> I went to uni there and everything so so yeah, that's just where, where I say I'm from that's cool and what course did you, did you study again graphic communication it was called that's right so that's I guess title. that's an overview of everything yeah, yeah so you studied then right and did you went straight into work am I, am I right in saying you uh, yeah, well, I went pretty much. Well, I, I did have a couple of months off because I was trying to look for um, a, pl- a place to live in London, and that took me quite a while. Yeah. So was that was that the plan then? Did you did you always want to move to London? But what did you? I mean, how long did you know? About no, that? I I didn't. I didn't actually. Um, I, I was because I was just planning on just staying local in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, and just seeing like what job opportunities I could get. Like I never thought I was going to end up moving to London. Yeah. Um. And I, w- I wasn't even going to apply to anywhere in London. I was just going to look, just applying locally. Yeah. Um, but then my work was in the New Blood. Yeah. And um, the, the company LMC that I work for now, um, they saw my work and I didn't actually know that my work was, I think this was the first time that our uni went there, I think. Yeah. So I didn't know, I didn't know much about it. And I had this message on, on Behance from our creative director saying, like we were really impressed with your work, and we wanted to come up for an interview. And I, like in London, I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, especially like being from the valleys as well. And I've, I haven't really moved away. Like I went to uni in Cardiff, so I was still like 
yeah. close to home and everything. So I was like, oh, this could be a really big move. I'm not sure if I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I thought in the back of my mind, I thought, I got to do this. Like, you've just, you've just got to do it. I mean, you've just got to jump into it. You do, you do. It always feels horrible, yeah. Even when Preston to Manchester felt like a big, it's like, shit, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. It's doubling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's always worked out, you know, one way or another. So how's it been? Have you, has it, you've enjoyed your time so far? I mean, tell us what, what the LMC do, for people who don't know. Um, well, they're uh, a design agency, um, and I would say one of their biggest clients is Merlin Entertainment. So, they, so they're like, you know, all the attractions, like Alton Towers, Thought Park, yeah. the London Eye, and that's what attracted me originally, because I thought that that kind of thing was like really cool to like, for a first job, to work on things like that would be yeah, awesome. Definitely, and probably something you'd not expected, right, from uni, it's probably yeah. a fresh challenge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so they just, we do like a lot, of, a lot of things really, like from print to, we do a bit of web design, yeah. and we do animation, we do some 3D work as well. So it's really good because there's a, a there's a mixture of talents in there, and you can just go around and. That's really cool. So you yeah. get to collaborate with people within the job, like yeah. you work with animators and stuff like that. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, like this is there's one girl who's awesome at three D, and she'll like model something in three D, take it to somebody who can animate in three D. Yeah. And then give it to somebody else who does it all in After Effects, and it's like three people have worked on the one thing, and it's just yeah. really cool to see. That's awesome. So do you find, I mean, speaking of London, because I spoke to a lot of people today, and you always get a mix of, you know, people. a lot of people tend to revert back to where they're from after uni. It's almost like, right, I've done uni, I'm going back home. Mm. Others will move on to bigger cities, like, I guess you fall on that side of it. Has, has it felt like the right move to kind of come oh, to yeah. London? Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. I have I, I no regrets. I just loved every second of it. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, it's, in, it's made me a bit of a different person as well, like yeah. for the better, I'm a bit more confident about things and... I'd say the same. I mean, I think we've been here a similar amount of time. To be honest, I've been here about a year, a year and a half, mm. three quarters now. So I think it's ballpark, same kind of time. And I'd say the same thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. Um, it just does the You just you just around people all the time. Mm. New challenges. I think it's. I think it's great. And when you when you come to when I used to come to London on the odd like day or or two, um, I always used to be like, oh, I can never live here. It's too busy. It's, <laughs> you know, everyone's just in their own bubbles and just it's all full on at all times and. You think, oh, I could never do this, but then you get into it quite quickly. I think. Yeah, I think so, and I think you just got to, you have to find your pockets of it, don't you? Mm. Well, I'm fine. I mean, it's harder to socialise and pull everyone together at the same time, but I guess that's just something you accept as part of London life. Everyone's yeah. busy, so you kind mm. of just embrace that space of it all. Yeah. So and and so creatively, do you think that's helped as well? Like just immersing yourself in in London life. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I would. I would really say so. So you're feeling the mind with ideas all the time. I've certainly found that as well. I mean, there are times that I feel like I just need to step back and take a couple of days out to let it all yeah. kind of sink in. Mm. But for the most part, I'm like, there's always something going on. There's always yeah. new ideas from somebody or something. Yeah. And I think that's cool. So, so do you, did you sort of come into the company as like a junior or was it just straight into a designer role? Um, yeah, I think I was straight into a, a designer role. That's cool. Which I was, which I, again, I was, I, I was really pleased with. Yeah. Um, and straight away, I was working on some pretty cool briefs, like like briefs that people that of ten years have been working on. Like I work on the same briefs as them. Nice, yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the good things about LMC. I've noticed that everyone, no matter what your skill set is, everyone yeah. chips in on a on a brief, especially if it's like a a, a big brief, a big yeah. important um, project. Like everyone gets to have a go. That's cool, and it's and it's good. You can just pull ideas, bounce ideas off everyone. Yeah, I can't remember. Respect among everyone, despite yeah. experience. 
That's really cool. So I imagine I would have to speak from experience. I imagine you don't get that in, in a lot of places. You know, I imagine there's mm. a tendency for the new guy to be rinsed a little bit and all that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff. So I guess it's really nice to come into a role and, and kind of feel like a part of the team quite yeah. quickly. Yeah, because I think I, I, I know, I've spoken to a couple of people who've gone in as like um, a junior designer and not given like the best of work and they think, oh, I'm just, this is not what I want to do kind of thing. Yeah. But it just, it takes time sometimes. Like, I'm just really lucky at the company I'm in. Yeah. Like everyone's just so nice as well. Like they're all my best friends now. That's cool. So we, we always go out on the weekends and stuff. And, nice, nice. And that's, that's a big part of why, why I love it so much there at the moment, I think yeah. as well. Well, it's, a big, it's important, isn't it? In our, in our industry, I think, if you don't get along with the people you're working with, you're in for a bit of a shit deal, really, because, mm. you know, it's, uh, I think it's, it's I mean, you know, I make friends all the time with like, art directors and things, because you've just got that big common interest right, yeah. in the, right in the middle of it all, which is really cool. Mm. Uh, that's awesome. So, I've, I've, I've seen your stuff, um, with, you've done the stuff for the square ball, with yeah. the lead stuff, which yeah. you know, we're both Leeds United fans, which is mm. great to see. So it's like, so so. Have you do you do your own stuff still? Or have you managed to keep doing any aside from the lead stuff, or do you do you try to keep generating your own work and your own time? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do like to 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 do stuff outside of work as well. Mm. Like I, I do enjoy illustrating. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say like I'm an illustrator, but I just like to do it and as, as a hobby yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And when you can do it for like like you say, like the square ball, the, the magazines on the front covers and stuff, like, yeah. like, and people sort of react well to it, and that's a bonus, I think, yeah. It's awesome, you yeah. got to do a Tony Ball one, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, bastard. I never, got, <laughs> I never got that privilege. Yeah, I did a lot of stuff for Leeds, but I never got Tony Ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I think it was like, it was an anniversary of Yeboa or something, and yeah. they called it the year of Yeboa, or Yeboa or something like that. <laughs> and um, I did one of the covers, and, which was Tony Boa, and I, I'm actually really pleased with that one. I, I loved it. Good, I loved it doing really that. good. So if I remember right, it was like Royal Blue, wasn't it? And yeah. Really nice cover that I enjoyed. And it was like the iconic fists yeah. up celebration after he scored <laughs> that screamer. And then a couple of issues afterwards, I um, I opened because I, I get the issues as well now. So um, I opened it up and there was a picture of Tony Boa holding the cover, Serious. the illustration oh, that I did. Result. So that's like the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> As you that's can unbelievable. Yeah. That's like the pinnacle of yeah, any Leeds fans born after the seventies. And so, as it felt, does it feel like a, an, an age ago? Uh, not really. Like the last like year has literally flown by. I mean, yeah. I can't believe I was here this time last year. Yeah. It's actually mad. It is actually yeah, it's big as belief. So, um, so when we last spoke, you obviously you had your degree show and all that stuff, and you. I can't remember if you had. Oh, you'd started to go down the more pattern route, right? Did that come, yeah, that came surface from a, pattern. And that came from I, a placement. Um, well, basically, when I was at uni in third year, because obviously they're like, oh, do whatever you want now. So I was like, oh, okay. So I started looking at all the competitions. I noticed that Hallmark Cards did a lot of competitions. Yeah. I entered, um, there's a company called Tiger Prints. You know Tiger Prints? Yeah, Print? they're really good this year. I entered their uh, surface pattern competition. It was like this floral design. And I was shortlisted for it, so then I was like, oh my god, like maybe I'm quite good at this. So then that was like kind of what set it off, really. Yeah. Uh, and I've always loved homeware, so then I did my homeware project. So I got to make all my cushions and lampshades, I just loved it. Like before then, when I was doing uh, editorial and stuff, I didn't really enjoy it as much. Yeah. It wasn't really very me. So, I mean, yeah, because it's funny, because when, when we first got in touch, I think you emailed me for some advice for, yeah. I can't remember if it was a, a project, but it was an essay, wasn't in it? In 2013. Yeah. Well, that was in your first year, right? Yeah. 
So it was interesting because the, the stuff you sent over was nice, and that you, that's the thing when you get used to seeing like student work, you sort of see there's bits of this and, you, and there's things you can kind of see from a fresh perspective. But it didn't seem to have quite gelled. And then yet, when I came to your degree show like two years later, I was like, this stuff's really interesting, and this, and this has come on leaps and bounds. And then you told me about about the placement, and um, and it all made sense all of a sudden. And then and then you're, you're saying you had some interest from next, right? And, and yeah. so tell us about kind of what happened from there, because. Um, so I came to my degree show and I had interest from Hallmark Cards, from Debenhams Children's Wear and from Next Children's Wear and it was kind of weird because I never really thought about doing children's wear, literally it never crossed my, my mind really because to get into fashion is really hard, yeah. like I never imagined doing it, it's mad, like I always thought maybe of working for Paper Chase or something like that, I love doing like cards and wrapping papers, stationery, um, so I came away from my placement and I emailed all three companies. Uh, Hallmark said, you know, come and do a two-week placement with us, but we want you to work for free. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, I'm not really sure about that. But then they offered you accommodation. So you, it, you didn't have to pay for anything. It was just free work. Uh, Debenhams Girls Wear offered me a one-week placement in London, and that was working for free. I'd have to travel there every day, so I was going to lose money working mm. for them. So it was really hard, and then... I emailed Next and they said like, oh my god, we literally, we love your work, like we want to put you up in a hotel for two weeks, we're going to pay you. So I thought, oh okay, I'll, I'll go and work for them first. Yeah. So I worked for them, it was literally amazing, I loved it, two weeks. Um, and then I came home and after about two days I was like, oh, they haven't offered me anything, they obviously can't give me a job. And then on the third day they phoned me and offered me a 10 month placement. It's absolutely fantastic, so you had a couple of issues there I've, I've been here the last couple of days and you mentioned about the whole the placement thing and there's this whole debate at the minute about un- you know unpaid internships and yeah. some people seem to be of the opinion that this is something you should do like a rite of passage that you have to do this to get into the industry I, person, my personal view I think it's complete bullshit I think it's disrespectful and I think it's quite exploitative and I mean we were saying earlier as I said the way I, again my personal opinion and the way I put it um, I did a you know a paper round when I was younger I, my parents wouldn't let me do that for free I worked at Blockbuster Video no way would they let me to do that for free yeah. and people would have been outraged at the idea of this high street star doing that so like t- you know my question is why is it okay for someone who spent seven years spending a lot of money on their education to then go and have to work for free to then prove themselves it's like well hang on a minute does the last seven years not showcase me enough to give me a chance so anyway that's my run over but I, I just think <laughs> but I think that's really um did you? I imagine you felt a good buzz when Next kind of placed that trust in you and showed you that respect, right? Yeah, definitely. I thought it was amazing. Like, I think more companies should do that because Next have started this scheme now where every year of the year they're getting graduates and they, they always pay them. I don't think that they would ever not pay someone to work for mm. them. I don't understand why more companies don't. Yeah. Well, it goes back to the old thing, doesn't it? Uh, people have this dim view of the the creative industries, like it's something that is this luxury that you know we should all have for free. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I never have done, but but I mean, so then how did that how did that work then? I mean, I imagine you were sort of quite anxious going into working with with Next initially. Oh God, yeah, really scared. I mean, everyone to start off with is a lot older than me, so at first I was like, I mean, I'm 23, and I think. The next youngest person is Nicola, who's 25, but everyone else above that is kind of like 27 and older and has yeah. kids and marriage and houses, like mortgages. So I kind of felt a bit like, oh, I don't know if I'll fit in. <laughs> but um, everyone was super friendly, like so helpful, yeah. um, always really encouraging. And I didn't really feel like I was like the youngest one there. They never, they never made me feel like that. 
Um, I always got my own responsibilities. I mean, I've presented at the design presentation, which is really big. Um, my boss just said, you know, like, do you want to present? And I was like, oh God, like I didn't want to, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Cause it's a really good thing to do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big responsibility. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And um, have you found that, I imagine that I would, I mean, it's a total guess, but I would guess that you've, you know, found, you know, I mean, just had experiences that have helped you develop, uh, I guess, as a creative, as a person, would that be right? Yeah, definitely. Before I went to Next, I never used a um, tablet. So that's like one thing that they've taught me how to use a tablet. And I was never really into like the whole digital drawing side, but I think it's really cool. Like I do everything on a tablet now. Yeah. Obviously I still hand draw a lot, but I don't know, it's really fun using yeah. a tablet. And like Photoshop, my skills have just got so much better. Yeah. Every design we do has to look realistic. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm always really happy with everything I've That's done. That's brilliant. Yeah. And the leap, that leap from sort of conceptual and, um, you know, there's, there's a thing at uni where you get these kind of theoretical briefs. So, you know, you get given a, an imaginary audience, for yeah, example. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're, you, you are designing for the person who's walking into that shop. So has that been an interesting challenge to think um, about your audience and, and, and who you're designing yeah, for? Yeah, it really has. Um, obviously, I went in to begin with and I would do exactly what I was doing. Like when I was at uni, I would do all... I don't know, my first few designs I did wouldn't really get in because they were more me. So mm. they do. Ha- you do kind of have to be nextified, all your designs have to like... <laughs> yeah. That's what everyone jokes around about. So you do have to um, obviously think about the next customer. You can't do something that's like really out there because it's not going to get picked, it won't yeah. sell. So you have to think about the audience. Like I can't just draw like... I don't know, a really cute fox with a bow because boys wear, we're going to hate that. I did do that. I did a really cute fox and it had a bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they did really like it, but they were just like, oh, I don't think that that would really suit the story. And then I was like, oh, okay. So then I'd go back and then I would change it. Yeah. Like, everyone's always really encouraging. They'll always give me pointers. They won't just write something off. They'll, they'll give me feedback and tell me how I should change it, which is really good. That's brilliant. Yeah. And, and I imagine that then that, that kind of feeds into your, you know, when, I, I would say that whenever then you do your own work, you're, you're likely to then start to think more, you know, consider your audience more. Again, it, it can be you and it can be your own stuff, but I imagine now from the experience at Next oh, yeah, that definitely. that will almost train you to and give you an insight into, into dealing with a certain audience that you wouldn't have previously had. Yeah, definitely. When I was at uni, I kind of like... In my last year, we'd just do stuff that I liked and just kind of hoped everyone else would like it. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily they did. Yeah. And it's brilliant. I mean, so would you say that the kind of that industry experience and that internship that, that you did, sorry, well, I mean, the placement you did at uni was that pivotal in, in kind of in engineering that, you know, that opportunity with Next? Yeah, definitely 100%. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And I mean, we talked about we talked about your, your friend Matt as well earlier, and that uh, he's just found the job, right? Yeah, literally started on Monday after looking for a year. Yeah. He was at New Designers this time last year, and he's only just got a job. Yeah. He was a first-class student. Yeah. Works amazing. And that, because the reason I ask about that is because I've met Matt myself, and he's yeah. a really, really likable guy. I really like what he was doing. I love his work. Yeah. And I don't see that in any way, shape or form as a bad thing. When you said like a year on, I go, well, yeah, I mean, it took me two years to even start looking at commissions. I was working in all sorts of jobs. And I just, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because everyone's now going to go out and and into the real world and have vastly different experiences because you've got different backgrounds, you've got different directions, hopes, fears, dreams, everything is different between, you know, from one person to the next. So I just think it's a really important thing for people to sort of, not think they've failed in any way, shape or form because things don't happen immediately. Yeah, definitely.
awesome to see those guys going on to do really cool stuff. But like I mentioned, uh, I think it happens at different timescales for everyone, for different reasons, because let's face it, we've all got life in our face. Uh, we've all got bills to pay and we are all got different circumstances. So don't get disheartened. I think the overriding message for guys is to just get out there, make yourself a face on the scene, work hard at what you do, stay true to your true self. And, you know, things will come in due course and there is no right or wrong way. I find people go lateral directions, some people go into different disciplines, get whole unexpected journeys. So I think enjoy it, enjoy the journey, try not to get too disheartened. And in times when you inevitably do, because it happens, seek the resources, seek out people like ArtsThread, the events that are going on, keep networking, get studios, uh, keep applying for jobs, put yourself out there and be be confident, be passionate. And even if you're not feeling it, work hard to kind of get around that, find the people who can help you regain that confidence. I think it's an incredibly tough time uh, post-graduation coming into the real world uh, and it challenges everyone in all so many different ways. But what's really inspiring is how people respond with that and move forward and move past it. So I hope you enjoyed the panorama of people that I got the chance to talk to them, was lucky enough to speak to. Really inspiring kind of stuff. We've had so many technical, you know, technological leaps over the last 10 years that it's we're, we, the whole just rapidly transforming landscape. And as I mentioned, I think we're going to start to see, uh, you know, fields... I mean, we're already seeing fields crossing over. Graphic design, animation, illustration, they're no longer exclusive. People are multi-talented now. Technology is coming into that, science really embrace wider influences i think to stay ahead of the chase um get the people skills sorted go and talk to people face to face pick up the phones and then support it with social media uh, i think that's advice that most people would agree with uh it's just it's hard to disagree with it um you know i think you have to work harder than ever to rise above the crowd to stand above the vast numbers on social media but there are many many ways in which you can do that so thanks to everyone who talked to me there. Really enjoyed conducting all those interviews at New Designers and New Blood independently um, online. You know, we chatted on Skype with some people. I just think it's really, really uh, exciting times for our industry. And I think we're going to be challenged. And I think we're going to be loved in equal measure. So embrace all of it, uh, I think. And, you know, try to find your thing. And, and don't be ashamed about being that geek, being that, that person with that weird idea. Push it. Move forward. Employment for some people, freelance for others something in between you know creating the vehicles for our jobs now that's something we're seeing more and more i think something we're going to have to embrace more to create our own positions you know go and push that make the opportunity for yourself um so there you go i hope you enjoyed it 10 years on myself since graduation it blows the mind to think that but the same core principles have served me as well as ever treating people well you know not being rude to people being nice working hard um trying new things experimentation keep doing that keep pushing thanks to the sponsors as ever illustration limited over at illustrationweb.com heart internet heartinternet.co.uk and of course printed.com at printed.com uh bringing you amazing printed goods uh working hard with creatives uh, on their blog on their website to make things happen so check them all out they've all got really valuable resources that you're going to need in digital print and sexy sexy illustration and animation and design and the rest that these guys are doing now so thanks for checking in let us know your thoughts i want to hear your journey i want to know where you're going i want to know your troubles trials tribulations and i want to know your absolute dreams coming true hit us up at arrest on the mix on the twitter facebook.com forward slash arrest on the mix and soundcloud.com forward slash arrest on the mix subscribe on itunes drop us a review help us out get us some thoughts cheers guys speak to you all soon